Does joy really help recovery? When I was in the recovery jungle myself, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, trying to figure out what I could possibly do, I found that almost all the suggestions and things that people uh, recommend were very serious, very rigid as well. And in my own recovery, I found out that the opposite was actually working much better. A state of joy. So how can we experience a state of joy? And how can we experience joy in recovery? What is it really? And why do I think that almost nobody is able to experience joy? I'd like to take you on a journey about joy. And therefore, enjoy. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome back to the podcast. And this podcast is, of course, released on the first Saturday of August. It's a new month, a new summer month. And I feel like I'm in no man's land. I could ra- I could lay down and rest all day and just enjoy hammocks. And I thought, well, let's record a podcast in this state. And maybe I can transfer this relaxation towards you as well. Because it is always important to listen to this type of of, of podcasts or information or videos when you're not stressed, when you don't seek for the magic cure and you just um, listen to it to enjoy yourself. And there is nothing better than calmness, nothing better than joy, peace and love. Those are the healing states and that is what I'd like to talk about in this podcast. So I'd like to make it uh, a bit practical And to start really practical, let's start as we always do by taking a really nice and deep breath and maybe tense up all your muscles. Hold it for a while. And then let it all go at once. Let all the tension go. And hopefully you're more relaxed right now than you were a minute ago. And maybe my voice is as well calming down because today I feel so relaxed. I could close my eyes and sleep all day. I love it. It's a healing state. I've had some stress in the past few weeks. And it's it, it reminds me of, uh, of these phases in chronic fatigue syndrome where I could really enjoy calming myself down, really enjoy resting and peace. And it felt like I could sleep for weeks, weeks on end. And I did in those days. I slept for like 20 hours a day or something. And in those four four hours in between, I was reading a book or going for a swim and just enjoying everything as much as possible. And I talk a lot about joy. Um, It started uh, for me um, when my thoughts were completely... Well, they just just disappeared. I was living my worst case scenario. And there wasn't anything anymore that I could think about. And in those moments, everything dropped from me. And I relaxed. My mind was completely empty, completely silent. And just by being in that state for, I think it was 45 minutes, made me able to go for for, for a small walk. And I, of course, I tried to stay in that in that zone of uh, of relaxation. 
And in those moments, I made sort of a meditation in my mind called Here Now Self. Here Now Self. Focus on these three things. Here Now and Self. And everything that was not that, I chose to ignore. I chose to ignore all the thoughts that were about stories or other people's opinions. Just Here Now Self. So I was completely... Um, concentrating on what is what is around me what can i see what can i hear what can i taste what can i smell what can i feel what can i feel internally my breath and i was sort of hyper focused and you don't really find a lot of people in that state nowadays and sometimes i still choose to be in that state but people are sort of surprised because you get a different energy your my eyes are different then it's like something is different with this man but i can't really describe it but the word that is describing it is called presence extreme presence and it is really joyful to be present but it is really hard to be present as well when there are still lots of fears inside of your body but in those moments where my worst nightmare was actually reality there was nothing to fear anymore because I was already living my worst case scenario. So there was a beautiful phase in my recovery where I learned more about myself, about presence, about joy. And somehow my eye fell on reading the book Power Versus Force with uh, the limited uh, concentration that I still had. And in the book, it was written that the state of joy was the state of healing. We should always focus on the state of joy. And of course, the book for everyone who knows the book, it's, it's really spiritual. It's like this man is enlightened and he wrote his levels of consciousness. And yeah, you, you can see it from that perspective. But I didn't see it like that. I saw it as something very practical. And I noticed as well that later in, in recovery, because you know my recovery was far from over. And when I was in a better place, there were different fears coming up as well. I noticed that it required conscious attention from me to focus on joy and to focus on a healing state. And that whenever I did manage that to get out of the stress, because I was addicted to stress, I was addicted to stress hormones. So whenever I managed to get into a calm position, maybe I had to release some, some emotions before, but whenever I managed, I felt better. And maybe it took a few days. And then after a few days, I was sort of in a no man's land, completely groggy and tired, uh, sleepiness tired, a different type of tiredness. And to remain in that state, I developed in my mind the meditation of here now self, something that I, that I recorded um, like two months ago. And you can find it on my Spotify channel or on my website where all the meditations are. It's called Presence Awareness Here Now Self. And it's an amazing meditation, I find. And it's, it's, it's been hard as well in those five years that has passed since then to always remain in that state myself. And therefore, I use the meditation myself as well. <laughs> so I don't want to be, be showing off, but I think it's a really good meditation. And somehow I'm blessed this life by a good voice um, to make good meditations and as well sometimes when i can't sleep because you know as i said before in the past few weeks were quite stressful for me um i use it as well to fall asleep 
so I don't want to show off anymore, but it helps me a lot to fall asleep, especially when I close my eyes and connect to all my senses, my feelings and my sensations. My verbs, like the breathing, for example, or the laying there or touching the bed, it makes me fall asleep in maybe a few minutes. <laughs> so I, sometimes when I do the meditation, when I'm not uh, trying to fall asleep, after like 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, wow, is this also in the meditation? I must have been falling asleep every time by this moment. So you can also use it for something like that. And And sleep is, of course, a very joyful process. I love sleep. And someone posted, I think it was Rachel in the, sorry, Rachel, if I mention your name, you don't want to. Like, what do we do in the mornings when we wake up? What is our routine? And my routine is to pretend that I'm squashed to the bed and that I can't stand up. And I go, uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, uh, and another very good ha habit is to just breathe consciously. Don't make it something special like uh, breath work or all kinds of rhythms that you have to take just follow your breath consciously deep breaths and 20 minutes of connecting with it and your body it can do a miracle it can it's it's very joyful to to use our senses it's where the joy um, is hidden probably and as i keep talking about joy because Recovery is a lot of work. Sometimes there's emotional work involved. Or maybe uh, not sometimes, but maybe always. But we should always balance this out with like uh, 23 hours of joy. And sleep is joy because, as I've said before, joy is surrendering to the body. Surrendering to sleep to sleep is bringing you into a joyful state. And maybe that being in that joyful state is the reason why people recharge themselves overnight. And as well, the reason why some, some monks don't even have to sleep anymore because you know they get their energy from being in a joyful state but unfortunately most people they don't really know um, how to have joy so they pretend to have joy and you can see all about it on facebook where you see all these photos um, which were clearly not happy moments but fake moments and fake happiness and fake positivity to pretend that we have joy in a world where we feel like we don't have any joy at all. And maybe if you experience that feeling like, oh, I should be having joy right now, but I but I don't, then, well, you're not the only one. I remember in the, the two years before chronic fatigue syndrome uh, started for myself that I was trying to go and have a good time, but then I realized I couldn't do it and I went home I went home back to my addiction, maybe working, maybe uh, being online, maybe scrolling, um, because that was my addiction. And why couldn't I have joy in those moments? Probably because a lot of stress was in my body and I was addicted to stress and therefore um, working and everything was feeding my, my stress addiction. And another uh, example uh, about joy is... Um, my a good friend of mine who had Hashimoto's for several years, then one summer, a great summer, enjoying life to the fullest, and all the blood values, all the blood work was good. There was no complaints whatsoever anymore. Just a few months of being in a joyful state allowed everybody, everything to, um, to get better. And that's why I keep emphasizing as well on joy.
but how to get into a state of joy. And there are a lot of neuroplasticity programs out there that make people visualize this state, this state of being. And of course, I think they're toxic because they disregard all the negativity that is also inside of the body that needs to be released. And that has become sort of my vocal, focal point to, to release those, those stressors. But anyway, I asked it in the Facebook group to make everybody think about joy. And, and I got beautiful answers that I would like to share with you. And if you would like to read them for yourself, you can become a member of the Facebook group. There are three questions you have to answer because the Facebook group is a little bit different than your average Facebook group. I'd like it to be a constructive healing place, uh, a place where we can do uh, the inner work and not just vent negativity or anything. So I would like to share all the responses with you that I got in the Facebook group and I asked everyone if I could share and they were all all right with it. So maybe as well, while you're expecting the most beautiful answers, it is a good moment to point you to my recovery program, which is based on donations. And this podcast, you've obviously found it, and the YouTube channel that I have, the meditations, um, it's all based on donations. And if you want me to keep going with this, because I really need your support, Less than 1% of the people who attend the program uh, support me with a donation. And I need this to be 10% in order to be able to live from it. So if you would like to help me, then go to my website. There is a, a button where you can make a donation. And maybe you can inform yourself as well with the recovery program or the meditations, which I think is worth a lot of money. If I compare it with other programs out there that may be co- that, that might be costing maybe two or three or four thousand dollars euros pounds, then I think my program is actually worth much more. So keep that in mind, and if I can help you, then maybe you can help me back. So let's then start with Rachel's answer. When I started a brain training course where you had to use positive memory a few years ago. I couldn't find any memory at first. I cried when I realized my happiness was all gone because of this illness. And then I remembered a day that I was sailing on an old Turkish galley. The owner allowed me to help to help him. I had bare feet on the teak deck, sun on my back, wind in my hair, waves on my side of the boat, and I wanted to go faster and faster, and the owner laughed with me. I felt so free. And what she's been describing in this case is that she was barefoot, so she was connected. There was connection with another human. There was connection with the weather. There was the senses that she used to see, to feel, maybe to listen to the wind. And she was in such a joyful state, she mentioned that someone else named her child after Rachel because she was so joyful. And joy is, of course, something something so beautiful that it is even one moment is worth naming your child after. It's beautiful. The answer from Louise was the following. I had a lot of joy this morning. I sit outside my window every morning with a cup of tea. I realized a squirrel was wagging its tail at me and playing with me round a tree. Then a butterfly landed near me 
and I spotted a cute jumping spider. I was delighted to be surrounded by all these animals today. And what she's been mentioning as well is uh, the sense of seeing, the sense of um, smelling maybe, uh, tasting definitely, but also the connection with nature and animals. It's beautiful. She was observing, observing what was around her. That also means that she wasn't stuck in her head. She was actually living, living the moment. Another beautiful answer is from Han, and she wrote, I find my joy in growing microgreens. I find it so rewarding to watch these little plants sprout and grow. And then, of course, the joy of eating a healthy and nutritious meal when they are ready. And I think, you know, if you engage yourself in these projects, tiny projects that really um, need you to be in a state of patience and observing the miracles of the plant and then eating them, it's as well uh, something to do with the senses, but also more with gratitude as well. And the joy of making something happen. That's why um, in the recovery program, I also emphasize on getting a hobby. And my hobby was exactly the same thing. When I was extremely fatigued, because you know all these people have chronic fatigue syndrome, maybe one more severe than the other, but all of them are sick and they could still be having faces of joy. So when I was having the worst phase of my life, um, my mother and, uh, and her boyfriend uh, made a, a patch for me where I could grow vegetables. So I didn't have to do a lot of work in the beginning. Uh, there was just good soil there and I just had to maintain everything. And I was growing all the vegetables in there. And some of them were not working, but some of them were growing like giants. Like uh, I have like uh, giant beetroots always. And uh, and later I also uh, made um, pizza uh, pizza bottom is that the, the English word pizza bottoms with uh, this uh, this beetroots and it was it was delicious. I also made um, I put it I put the uh, the beetroot through the juicer so I only uh, I only got the pulp and I mixed the pulp with some sort of a gluten free uh, uh, flour. And then I used the, the juice together with uh, pulp from uh, uh, tomato pulp to make, a, to make a sauce. So I had like the beetroot totally in it. And I had like thousands of them every year. So there was a lot of beetroot. It took a while for me to realize that I can as well um, urinate in normal colors again. Another really nice answer is the answer I got from Ellen. And a lot of women... Maybe it's not really a man thing to answer these things. There are mans in the group, so if you're a man, don't worry. You're not the only one. But maybe you would like to be the only one in there, but that's another topic. So Ellen wrote, uh, Lately, I have been rediscovering my joy of listening to classical music. It has brought me so much happiness since my teen years when I discovered my country's classical radio station. And as soon as I started earning money as an adult, I started attending concerts at the Sydney Opera House as often as possible. And yeah, well, she, she talks more about uh, 
listening to this in, in, fair, in different kinds of ways. But what she's actually describing as well is connecting to the sense of listening. And if you're really enjoying yourself, the best moments in life are the moments when you close your eyes. It's when you fall asleep, when you kiss, when you maybe, maybe have sex uh, and maybe enjoy music. Really good music. And I'm also actually enjoying classical music. But I think it's more related to uh, the pitch that it's been recorded on. Whenever I listen to the radio station, I feel uh, disturbed. I don't feel calm. Um, maybe it has something to do that uh, the music that we usually listen to uh, these days are recorded on 440 hertz. But classical music is still on the old pitch of 432 hertz. That is according uh, to everyone almost that uh, says something about this. A healing f frequency, a loving frequency, and a manifestation frequency, but also a frequency that is more uh, aligned with the divine order. Uh, it's more in balance. And I don't know if you've ever seen uh, that people put some sand on something, put a frequency on it, and then you can see shape coming. And with 432 hertz, you see a beautiful shape like a flower coming. But with 440 or 441 hertz, it's, it looks a little bit disturbed. And it's the exact same disturbance that I feel when I listen to music on the radio. And I always put, uh, well, always on most meditations that are that you can find on my website, um, I put a frequency below that, a frequency that helps uh, with, uh, with the effect that I would like to have with the, the meditation. And another answer that I got was from Kirsten. And she says, for me, joy comes with anything that makes me feel connected. Connected to myself or to someone else. Or simply to the world around me. It can be as simple as listening to the birds while meditating. Playing the guitar. Reading a good book. But of course, being housebound, I enjoy a lot of time shared with my family especially reading books before bedtime, playing with my daughter or with friends. And I'm looking forward to spend more time in nature again someday. So yeah, it's, it's again the same thing. Connection, connection, sharing, sharing with people around you, nature, connecting to the senses. Um, it doesn't have to be that hard, you know. Another, another answer I got is uh, people are trying to summarize it. Uh, freedom, nature, connection, sound and rhythms can all bring joy. Um, going to the beach. For me, the beach is beautiful. I love it. Um, well, right now it's extreme hot here. I can't do it anymore. But the water is so beautiful hot here. Um, I love it. So it's nature, but it's feeling the senses and... It's as well getting outside of the comfort zone. Joy is always outside of the comfort zone, especially when a comfort zone is being stressed, being addicted to stress hormones. Then whatever we do, we would like to sabotage a moment of joy to get into a state of drama or a state of resistance. Yeah, so resistance is stress. Stre it's, it's not a word. And if we resist anything, um, maybe even our symptoms, then we get stressed, we get wired, we get stress hormones and we're not in a state of joy. Because when stress hormones come, it means we're actually in survival mode. We're, we're trying to survive somehow. 
And that's how chronic disease usually feels like. It's a survival thing. And you can't have joy in that state. So you really need to break out uh, that state. And maybe that is as well the, the reason why so many people experience success with um, neuroplasticity visualizations. But as I said before, it can be toxic if you don't allow the emotion that just wants to come out and just wants to be released. So that's why I'm focusing a lot of those kind of things. Then another answer I got from Caroline is uh, is this is the following. Things that bring me joy when I've been extremely sick the last couple of years are contact with friends, just getting an audio message could make my day, presents, I love getting presents and my dad always gives me flowers and chocolate and other small things I need, making my house look nice, I love cleaning but I haven't been able to do that for years but I do small things to make my apartment look nice so I can have pictures or nice patterns to look at, especially flowers in different forms and material. Then nature, being outside, looking at a tree or feeling the sun on my skin. The few times I've been able to be around someone to get hugs and kisses during the year has really made me joyful. Now, I don't want to criticize the beginning of the message, but I think there is still a lot of pressure about uh, that she put on herself um, with making the house look nice and everything. Because joy is accepting the moment, accepting as well the chaos. Um, joy is not a state of resistance. So when you want your apartment to look nice, it does seem a little bit like there is resistance towards it not being uh, so nice. And from that space on, we're working with stress hormones. So then cleaning the apartment becomes fight or flight. And then stopping it can give you a moment of joy, but that's because you stop it, not because you accomplished anything. So that I would like to keep that in mind as well. Then Claire, another woman, I'm blessed with so many women in my life, I think. But my dog is, is a man, so he's most of the time around me. And he seems to be joyful right now, sleeping next to me. Anyway, Claire wrote, My children telling me that they love me, watching them grow and reach milestones, sitting in the garden in the sunshine, reading, and she says she only recently rediscovered this since doing the course, the, uh, the alignment recovery program. And another nice answer that I got is from Ginger, and she wrote that joy means for her time in nature, especially on a hiking trail. I love the smells of the earth, the wind on my skin, the green trees against a blue, blue sky, the beauty of flowers and more. If I'm stressed or feel toxic, going on a hike can set me right. She also writes about dancing with someone else or in a group. I love hearing the beat of drums as well as funky synthesized sounds. My body loves when I move and I have a dancing partner. I can't stop laughing. It brings me that much joy. Laughing with people who love to laugh. Joy as well means sex, to be connected with someone sensually and touching and having a great conversation with her son, hugs and playing video games. And I think Ginger really gets it in this message. 
it's beautiful because this describes the very essence of it. It's the senses, but it's also something that we didn't mention before, movement. The body wants to move. It's what the body is there for. And when we believe, a limited belief about um, uh, being a spoonie and that we need to rest all day, our muscles get weaker and the world gets more dangerous and everything that we do get, um, can trigger lots of uh, extreme emotions that we can resist and then bring us into a state of resistance and stress again and then get us even more wired and we, we can link it to the uh, activity and of course you should pace yourself but movement the but it's so important for the body to keep moving whether it's just walking with your dog or uh, maybe um, ecstatic dance just a few minutes a day slowly moving yourself on these uh, on these well let's say funky beats or synthesized sounds or drums expressing yourself i think that that is something that i really really like expressing myself maybe even via this podcast expressing myself in dancing but you can express yourself with contact improvisation um, with uh, with sex or hugging someone in a conversation with someone not someone not, not a conversation where you need to justify yourself but something more lighter uh what is really with the goal to to laugh you know i like laughing so i really enjoy this answer ginger thanks for sharing this and another answer is from Lori, and she wrote a butterfly flying by a hummingbird in my feeder the energies that i feel coming from a big tree looking up at the stars and feeling the magic all around. My husband expressing his love for me. My cuddle bug of a dog nuzzling up to me and petting her soft fur. The picture drawn for me by a child or a picture drawn for me by a child playing a game with my stepkids, hearing a song that makes me want to dance, finding the ability to tune into the frequency of joy after not doing that for so long and hearing about others joy it all brings me joy and the last uh, answer that i'd like to read is uh, from lahari and she wrote along with being present in the moment and engaging my senses in their truest form what brings me joy is truly discovering my innate self and connection with my soul and help others connect with their true authentic self being in the presence of people who are sensitive loving compassionate and empathic is also very joyful for me play is also an important role in my life play is joy and then my summary of all these things were like what i keep hearing in everyone's experience is that there is only one type of joy triggered by many different activity activities and the ingredients for joy are always presence, no goals, connecting with the senses, connecting with others, animals, sharing, movement, nature, relaxation, patience, movement, self-expression, and self-love. And I think those are the ingredients for joy. And very often when we experience a state of joy, we can trigger something that is inside of ourselves that doesn't resonate with that and that means that it's time to let go of that so if there's for example a lot of sadness in your body 
that you've swallowed that you didn't express yet then you normally behave in the level of consciousness that is related to to those energies but when you then go to a higher level of of consciousness a level of joy a level of love a level of peace then you're ready to let go of everything that is not that so it might seem that you're doing the wrong thing but when sadness comes after a few joyful moments it is a good thing it is the sign that you're doing the good work it means that you're ready to leave it behind but you have to release it and you release sadness in this case via crying for example but as we talked before about the ingredients of joy it becomes obvious that all the things that you did in those moments that I just mentioned you can do that as well while you are experiencing sadness so do you understand where I'm going with this? it means that releasing any negative emotion or in this case sadness is joyful as long as you're not in a state of resistance so if you want to control it because you want to be in a different state then you automatically lower your vibration you lower your energy you become in a state of stress stress is resistance stress fills up the stress bucket and eventually stress gives you symptoms so it's a sign as well from let's say if this is a perfect order and our body is perfectly functioning and disease is actually a good thing that you should remove the resistance and stop into the flow of life and if that means that anger comes out or sadness comes out or that you have to cry all day then do all the things that you just did that we just mentioned in this scenario as well and then a release of an emotion and it might be still disturbing for your mind but it can actually be one of the most joyful experiences and of course in the beginning being in a state of joy is probably not easy and as everyone might think by now that I, I would love you to be in a state of joy for the rest of the day but that is just completely not realistic so therefore try having one second of joy in your life first one moment of joy one moment of freedom let it be just one second enjoy that moment and then make sure that the next day you have another moment like that maybe you can build it up one second can become two seconds that become eventually in a month time can become a minute and then a minute can become an hour and an hour can become a joyful day but we have to realize as well the things that um, are against us having a good time and if the things that we just talked about the things that are the ingredients for joy if that is what joy really means then it means that you're actually doing nothing can you imagine that so before we were all very busy in our minds thinking about stuff and being in resistance so we're doing something but a state of joy is the exact opposite and we can trigger doing nothing by uh, for example uh, focusing on the senses or movement or contact with other people or sharing but what we're actually trying to do is to remove doing everything so if you don't do anything then if there's nothing that you can do 
to be to be in a state of joy then it means that you actually are joy but as long as you are not joy and you walk away from who you who you are or you're in a state of resistance then you don't experience it so very often people like i said before they think that their joy is somewhere in the future if everything is in place then i can be happy or then i can heal but that is not the case it's the other way around first you have to feel joy and then you will improve then you will improve your your health but also your energy will improve you will get more happier you laugh more you get lighter and that lighter is as well because you are ready to let go things from the emotional body things from the mental body and as well the spiritual purpose the spiritual things that you also carry with you you can let go of everything that is not you of everything that you think that you're that you have that you're supposed to be doing or maybe the connection or identification with labels and thoughts because everything that we do that is in the way is coming from a mental process if we think that the emotions are bad then we store all the emotions inside of our bodies that will create a lot of internal stress inside of us due to the resistance and a lot of things that we push on ourselves are actually coping mechanisms maybe to deal with the emotions that are inside of ourselves or maybe having to do with belief systems about how we ought to be and what we what we are supposed to be doing but if you remove that as well those ideas then you get in a state of lightness and then at first all you need to do is just breathe and eventually maybe eat and drink but there is not a lot more that you need to do to get in those states and even breathing eating and drinking not not to numb yourself down can be very joyful because you are you stop the mental process you get out of your own way and you experience who you really are and very often people experience this for a tiny second after their to-do list is gone when everything that they thought they ought to be doing is finished they stop for a brief second in that second they experience happiness they then look at the list and they think that completing something from the list was happiness and then they say oh wow this is really working this strategy and then they go on to the next item of the list being very unhappy so all it did at that moment at those moments was to show you that you were happy when you finished putting yourself under pressure by completing your to-do list but at the same time it also means that you drastically have to change your life because everything that you think that is important is probably coming from that to-do list and if you don't want a to-do list you must drastically remove almost everything and that is what i also do with detoxes i don't just do detoxes for um you know getting rid of uh, well i don't believe in viruses but getting rid of something in the body like heavy metals or something no detox is much more everything that i can remove from the physical body and the physical realm outside of me but also from the uh, uh, the mental realm um, the emotional realm and uh, the spiritual realm everything that i can remove from that is a detox and less is really more when it comes to healing and when it comes to joy because joy is i think healing 
Well, I, I know. And after everything has been removed from your life, you only are there with the stuff that matters, the people that matter, uh, the objects that matter, maybe the animals that matter. And people are naturally, when their mind is, is getting emptier, when the stress addiction lowers, they, they are drawn to a more simple life, being in nature, actually maybe what, we're, what we've been designed for living in harmony with nature, with not a lot of objects. Maybe ready, as nomads did, to, to leave everything, so don't owe more than that you can carry. That is what people are drawn to, simplistic lives. But as long as your mind is still full, and you live from your to-do list, then a life like that will probably be very, very unattractive. It's the illusion that you always have to add something up in your life, that you own a lot, of, uh, own a little bit more, buy some stuff, get more people in your life. One relationship is not enough. Let's do polyamory. Always more, and that's, I think, is uh, the more, more, more energy is um, is typical for uh, for inner childs that are really, really suffering. It's a childish energy to always compensate uh, a feeling of emptiness inside of yourself by putting more into your life. But if that emptiness is actually who you really are, and it's uncomfortable at the, in the beginning because you get in contact with everything that you've denied, that you've disowned for a while, then of course people want more in their life. They want their senses to be stimulated all the time. Music in, in supermarkets as if it is some sort of a discotheque or a club. Um, always strange foods. Um, well, you get the idea. It's the uh, please put some input in my life mentality. I need more input. I need more stuff that can distract me from my emptiness. And then... If everything that you are is actually joy, and experiencing yourself is the most joyful thing that you can do, then who are you? And if you are at this moment, like so many of us having a chronic disease, and having extreme symptoms, maybe extreme fatigue or extreme pain, then I'm also telling you that that can also trigger joy. So I see life as a self-cleaning thing. And if you're too full with stuff, then life is going to create symptoms to, make, to let you focus on your body. And if you then keep being in resistance, the symptoms will get more extreme and more extreme and more extreme. But, and of course, healing is not that simple uh, that it can be done in a few weeks. I think it takes time because it takes time to get, to get in a chronic uh, condition. So it also takes time to, to heal, but it can go much faster if we know what things are really helping us and what things are not. So yeah, joy and fatigue. If getting in contact with your body is joy, then feel the fatigue, become one with it, make it bigger, focus on it, give it love. Because that's what your true self is signaling to you. Those are the signals that you're on the wrong path that you're on the path of resistance, the resistance towards yourself. And I know it's not the most pleasurable um, sensation, because it's, it's, it's quite disturbing, maybe. 
especially when you don't understand it and you still have lots of thoughts and, and fears that are being projected on this situation. But very often people mistake joy for pleasure. Joy is not pleasure. Pleasure is adding something to numb you, you most of the time. And it can be good. It can be done in a state of joy. But more often than that, pleasure is numbing yourself. And that is the exact opposite of joy. And pleasuring yourself can be comfortable, just like Netflix can be. I don't have to look at my own problems. I don't have to think about myself. I don't have to feel myself. I distract myself. And again, watching a movie or a series can be joyful. But it all comes from the place where you are starting from. If things are a distraction, if things are to numb you, like all these impulses and uh, stimuli that people need, then it's really not joyful. And very often when people do activities, especially in the recovery of a chronic disease, and they do it in the old way, the stressful way, then when they stop, they feel wired, they feel drained. But if you do things from a different place, from impulses and joy, breath by breath, step by step, looking or being there with yourself and following your impulses and also know when to stop in recovery. Because when your energy is low, you can't expect yourself to do something joyful immediately for eight hours. Start slow, maybe 15 minutes or 10 or even less. Maybe go express yourself with dancing only one or two or three minutes and then stop it and rest. But can you really rest? That's another question. Can you really be with yourself when you're tired? Or are you again in a state of resistance and maybe distracting yourself with the mobile phone or the internet or something else? A phone call with people you don't like or a conversation with people you don't like. So if everything is a distraction, then it's actually fight or flight and you use flight. So you're adding stress hormones in your life. And that is sometimes what I experience the most difficult thing of all to release the stress. Well, that's what I do. But then the addiction to the stress hormones, the addiction, the addiction to cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline and everything that gets you pumped up. It's hard. And the drama that can be there as well is also very addictive because it can make you feel alive as well in a way. But joy is not there. Joy is not feeling that you're alive for a few seconds. Joy is liveness, but from a really different place, from a calm place. Because you are joy. It's who you really are. You are joy. And as long as you stop, you can experience that. And my work is there to make you stop. To empty your mind, empty your emotional body, and become presence and really start um, from the from the from the from the impulses that you do from the present moment breath by breath step by step maybe starting to build something meaningful in your life something that is worth expressing maybe the expression of your soul in this physical realm and it is probably something very different than what we've been taught in school that joy is because if everybody is the same and we're all the universe, the universe doesn't want sameness because everything is different. So that means that whatever is there for you, whatever your purpose is, which is just following yourself in the end, is going to be different. 
it's going to be new. Do you understand that? You are there to do something that has not been done before. And you do it breath by breath, step by step, connecting with your senses, creativity, letting yourself flow. And it's beautiful because that's what you really are. If you uh, think that you could uh, use some help in the, in the healing process and in the process of joy, you can uh, start the Alignment Recovery Program. It's there with uh, around 49, 50 um, habits to, to help you in the process of uh, getting more in contact with your body, your spiritual body, uh, mental body, and, uh, well, all the four bodies, to release all the stressors step by step. And don't stress you in this healing process, but really do it from a place of joy and loving and caring. Care for yourself. Love your fatigue. Love your symptoms. Don't fight them any longer because it will only create more stress. So yeah, I also do coachings. Um, sometimes when, uh, when people are ready to do some extreme release, not everybody's ready for that, then people can experience massive... Uh, energy peaks after that and that the fatigue just disappears i hear that also very often symptoms can just disappear but not everybody is ready for that so i would also like to help you prepare for those 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 phases then uh, in the meantime there is a facebook group uh, well i'm not really a fan of social media because i think it's more distraction but yeah uh, people are helping each other there so it could be a good place to start and the website you can follow and it's all based on donations meditations and podcasts and videos on youtube well thanks everyone uh, for for listening any support is really highly appreciated i wish you a beautiful day bye <laughs>